Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Bowler, and we are so glad you're here. Now it's time to thrive. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minute Thrive. I'm excited for this podcast today as Amy and I are going to be talking about a very popular topic that our members call upon on the hotline a lot, and that is all things FMLA, the Family and Medical Leave Act. So Amy Weicker is an HR advisor here at MRA, and she's really there to assist you on the hotline and provide her expertise and knowledge on all things HR questions and issues. So prior to joining MRA, Amy spent over 15 years as an HR practitioner in generalist and leadership roles for manufacturing, healthcare, and service industries in multiple states. She's got broad expertise and knowledge in recruitment and onboarding, training and development, employee relations and investigations, and compensation and employee benefits. So thanks for joining us today, Amy. I'm really glad you're here with us. Thanks for having me. For sure. So FMLA is actually turning 30 years old this month, which is crazy because we still talk about it. So this is really a great time to address some questions on it. So we can dive in to our first question. Um, We heard that in an earlier podcast that FMLA is a hot topic on the hotline. It was actually in the top 10 most called upon topics this past year in 2022. So why do you think that is? So I think there's a number of reasons. And I think, yes, it's definitely our hottest topic. And I've been here six years and every year that's consistently been our number one um, thing that employers are calling in about. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because, you know, it can be challenging. It can be overwhelming. Um, And it's complicated. There's a lot of different nuances that go along with FMLA. And I think it can be something that employers just need somebody else to kind of help them walk through um, all the different challenges, you know, that they're facing. And it's something from an administrative perspective that HR practitioners are busy. They're wearing multiple hats and FMLA is just one of them. And if they're not doing it on a day-to-day basis and they have questions that come up that they need somebody else to come, you know, and kind of answer some specific questions for them and walk them through kind of how the process works. So um, last year alone, I think we've talked to, um, we had 1,800 inquiries on FMLA alone, which is 7% of all the calls that we get. So it's a hot topic for members and we're happy to help um, them in any way that we can. Oh, definitely. So what is really FMLA and do all employers have to comply to it? So FMLA provides certain employers and certain employees with up to 12 weeks of unpaid job protected leave per year. Um, And also requires that their group health insurance benefits remain the same while they're out on leave. And there's also some job restoration rights that employees have. Probably one of the most important um, points is that FMLA is not optional. So if you're an employer that has to comply and the employee is eligible, the employer must offer it to employees. That's one thing Mm -hmm. we get a lot of questions about is do we have to do this? And yes, legally, you do have to comply. Um, One of the more complicated issues with FMLA is the interaction between state and federal laws. Mm -hmm. So I'll probably focus more on federal FMLA, but it's really important for employers to know that if you've got a, if you're in a state that has specific state leave laws, that you really need to make sure that you're aware of those and how they work in conjunction with the federal FMLA. Um, Wisconsin is one of those states, so we have a separate um, 
Wisconsin FMLA leave laws separate from federal. So you have to really understand, right, and understand how do they interact with each other? How can you be in compliance with both of them? And that's another reason you can call the hotline and we can help you make sure that you're in compliance with both state and federal um, leave. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we're chatting about this a little earlier, but is FMLA paid or unpaid? So FMLA, it's unpaid, um, but some companies do offer um, short or long-term disability as a benefit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always say when members call, you know, FMLA is your unpaid job protection and your short-term disability or your paid leave that you're offering, that's all income. That's the income that's protecting them that might be in coordination with the FMLA. Um, So they sometimes work together you know, you've got income protection working at the same time as FMLA, but sometimes, you know, they're separate of all their just employees are just getting the unpaid leave because then all employers offer short-term disability or long-term disability. So it would be just then that unpaid time, mm-hmm. unless they're using paid time that a, that an employer offers. Or sometimes there's state yeah. that states that um, mandate paid sick leave or paid mm-hmm. family leave, and that's becoming more and more popular as well. So we always need to make sure that you're staying in touch with what your state yeah, um, are mandating in addition to FMLA. Mm-hmm. And then just to kind of back up, so FMLA, it does apply to all public agencies. It applies to schools and companies with 50 or more employees. Um, so you always want to look at, it can be for a number of different reasons. So the most popular we get a lot of questions about are um, the birth of a child or bonding with a newborn. So that's um, maternity, paternity leaves for placement of the um, the employee, the child for adoption or foster care. So employees can take leave for that. Um, to care for an immediate family member. So that could be like a parent, a spouse, a child that has a serious health condition. And then certainly for an employee's own serious health condition, um, those are all different reasons that an employee could take up to 12 weeks of leave. Um, and then there's different requirements for employees as well that make it complicated because they have to work for a certain period of time with an employer. They have to work for a certain number of hours to be eligible. Um, and working in a location that they would have to be eligible as well. So there's a lot of different nuances yeah. that go along with that. So like, a lot to be aware of. Like yeah. So there's a lot to be aware of. It seems <laughs> like, and it's like, how do you keep track of federal versus state laws? And yeah. so I guess my next question is really like, what are the tools that MRA has that are available for employees to help them, you know, remember yeah. these or yeah. kind of keep track of all the updates and changes? Mm-hmm. So we've got a really comprehensive, it's called the FMLA Toolkit. Um, and it's a very comprehensive toolkit that you can download from the website that mm-hmm. members can download. Um, and it has a lot of information. It has links to all of the Department of Labor resources that an employer would need, links to all the forms that you would need. Um, we also have le- sample letters that you could use, some articles. Um, so it's a really comprehensive toolkit that kind of walks a member through you know, what are all the steps that you would need to take? What are the considerations that you would have? And that links to other things. Mm-hmm. We have, if you're new to FMLA, um, we have a an FMLA Made Simple training class that's very popular with members. I took it when I started as well. Um, and it just offers a really good overview of FMLA. And there's also, if you are in one of the states like Wisconsin that have state leave laws, we do an, um, an additional um, training specific to the state leave laws as well. So you kind of get a mix of both the federal and the state. Um, so that is something we encourage all, anyone that's administering FMLA for a company, um, that's a really good training course to take. And then certainly um, the the toolkit mm-hmm. is there for members as well. Those are so helpful. So we will link those in the show notes for 
you to access if you um, need to take a training class or access any of the resources. But so what forms are really needed when someone asks for a leave of absence? Yeah, so great question. So initially, obtaining a leave of absence request form is always best practice Mm -hmm. so that you can kind of see what is the employee asking for, um, what's the time off that they're looking for. And then legally, you would have to provide them a notice of rights and responsibilities within five days of them asking for that leave or you becoming aware that they may need a leave of absence. Mm -hmm. So they might not always ask you, but once you know that they might qualify for a leave, then you would give the notice of rights and responsibilities. Um, There's also several types of certification forms that could be needed depending on what the leave request is. Mm -hmm. And then um, there's a designation notice. So once you know that you're either approving the leave or if you have to deny the leave, then you give the designation notice form, which kind of outlines um, all of those specifics. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of gets you through all steps of that process. Okay. So I guess I'm kind of curious on if everybody qualifies for FMLA or who qualifies for it and how is that really determined? So generally for FMLA, you're looking at, um, there's generally a serious health condition and you would have, you'd want the paperwork to drive um, if the employee is eligible or not. So once you've established that, yes, they meet the time requirements and they've worked for your company over a year and they're eligible, then you want to look at what's the reason that they're asking for the leave and then do they qualify for that? Mm -hmm. Um, So from a serious health condition perspective, there's a number of different um, reasons somebody could take leave. They could have an inpatient stay, so maybe they're in the hospital, or if they have continuing treatment by a healthcare provider, so they might be out you know, for three or more days, and then they have continuing treatment, they may be eligible, or they could have a chronic condition. Yeah. That would also make somebody eligible. Um, and so there's a number of different reasons, and we've got a really good resource on the website um, that walks you through for both federal and um, specifically to Wisconsin, all of the different types of serious health conditions and what you'd want to look for in that certification of healthcare provider. And then you can make the determination if they're going to qualify or not. But you always want to wait for that form from the doctor Mm -hmm. because you want what the doctor is saying to drive if they're eligible or not, if it meets those qualifications. Exactly. And staying on top of those qualifications. Yes. Updates with FMLA is super important. So I guess how... How can individuals in HR roles at different companies really help their managers understand and comply with FMLA? Yeah, that's a really good question, too, because oftentimes managers are on the front line and they're the ones who are talking to the employee. And it's really important for them to know that an employee might not come to them and say, hey, I need a leave of absence. But it might be something where they're talking about attendance issues and then they bring up something where they've got a health condition and that's why they've been missing work. And so managers really need to understand when do they need to engage with HR and really make sure that they're staying on top of, okay, these are some of the things that might trigger a leave of absence, and we need to make sure that we're doing our due diligence to get in front of that and work with the employee to see if they do qualify. Um, So it could be just, you know, educating those managers to say, here's the risk that um, is to the organization if we don't follow FMLA. Here's when you need to get me involved. Um, we also have a training class. We have another training class. It's called the Supervisor on the Law. And that's a really good class for supervisors because it really gives a wide variety of what are the high-level employment laws that employer that employers and specifically managers need to be aware of to help mitigate the risks to the organization. Because what you don't want to do is you're trying to avoid any sort of FMLA retaliation claim or... Um, and a discrimination claim related to FMLA. So the more you can be upfront with managers and t- 
teach them and train them to involve HR to make sure that we're doing everything we can to help these employees and make sure we're doing that at the least risk to the employees is the best. Sounds like a great resource. Yeah. Just another good class. Oh, yeah. But as we wrap up here, um, we know that FMLA is one of the most popular calls that we get Mm -hmm. on the hotline. So I'm curious to know what some of the most frequently asked questions are that you get on the hotline related to FMLA. Yeah. I mean, I could, you could I go over some, right? We could talk, talk about this all day. Yeah. Um, so I'll just kind of go through a few of the the ones that we hear yeah. the most often. And again, we get these both from calls and emails that yep. come in, web request forms. So those are all the different ways that um, mm-hmm. members are reaching out to the hotline. So we get these in a number of ways. But probably one of the biggest is, can we terminate an employee um, at the end of their FMLA? So they've taken the 12, leave, 12 weeks of leave and now we want to and their employment because they can't come back to work yet. And so we always caution members to not do that right away. So there's some things that you want to really make sure that you're reviewing, and that would be considering leaves and accommodation under the ADA, so the Americans with Disabilities Act, because that could be reasonable depending on the situation. So for example, if an employee was out for 12 weeks, they had, let's say, shoulder surgery, and they're not quite ready to come back, but maybe they need two more weeks of leave, Mm -hmm. right? Under the ADA, the doctor might say, you know what, they just need two more weeks, and that would be reasonable, right, potentially to allow them that time. So you never want to just say, oh, your 12 weeks are done, we're going to terminate you now. There's really some other considerations out there that you want to think about before you just say, nope, sorry. You know, so we always, that's oftentimes what people will call, like, hey, you know, the manager just wants to terminate, and we're always yeah. like, please be cautious about that because there are some other considerations out there mm-hmm. that we would want you to be aware of yeah. to try to mitigate some of that risk. Are any other frequently asked questions that you yeah. did? Or sure, so you can cover a couple more. I'll cover a couple more. <laughs> okay, so one another one is, so as part of FMLA, you have to return the person when they come back from leave to the same or similar position. Okay. So, and then employers will say, well, you know, I, what does that really mean? Yeah. You know, what is, how does that work? Um, so here's an example of where that how that would come into play. So if let's say you had a bank teller that was going out for a leave for 12 weeks, and in that interim time, they had somebody else fill in for that bank teller. Mm-hmm. So now they like, really like the new bank teller, and they want to keep that bank teller in that role, right? But then the other employee is going to come back from their leave, and they're like, well, no, we don't. Right. We're going to move her to a bank that's 20 miles away. Mm-hmm. So that while they're still in the same role as a bank teller, right, their pay has got to be the same. The benefits have to remain the same, but technically the location now is changing and you're asking them to drive 20 minutes further. So that wouldn't be something, you know, that's putting the company at risk if you were to say, we're going to return you, but you've got to now work at this other location and do that. So in that situation, what we would always recommend in the hotline is that you would consider moving the bank teller who was in the interim role while the employee was out on leave into that further location and then really returning the employee that was out to the same position that they had when they left. Now, what you could do, another option would be, is perhaps the other location might be closer to the employee's house. So you could always ask them, hey, you know, would you be interested in going to this other location? But if they were to say no, then the best thing to do would be truly to return them to the same or, you know, to the same position that they had. Because that is one of the things with FMLA, it really provides them that job protection and those job restoration rights and they have to come back to that same position. Definitely. So you got to respect that. You do. Right. And legally, you've got an obligation. And what you don't want to do is you don't want an FMLA retaliation claim or a discrimination claim. So you really want to 
really make sure you understand the risk that those decisions have on the organization, weigh them all out, and then make your decision. Do you have one more question that you want to share before we end today? I think probably one of the other biggest ones that we get is about intermittent leave. So FMLA, you've got 12 weeks of leave. You can take that all at one time. So like the example I have of the surgery, right? They're out for 12 weeks for surgery and recovery from that. But sometimes employees need time off for, let's say, for a chronic condition like migraine headaches, right? You might have an employee that is going to be out and they don't need time off all at once, but they might need time off throughout the year. Um, so how that works is you would get in the serious health con- or the medical certification from the doctor that's going to talk about yes there is a serious health condition it's a chronic condition it's migraines and and that paperwork you always want to make sure that the doctor is being really clear on the frequency and the duration of the absences so they might say yep the employee has migraines and they're going to be out one to two times a month for maybe one to two days per absence mm-hmm. Um, so that would be something where they're going to use that 12 weeks over a longer period of time because they're not taking it all at once. They're going to take it throughout the year. So intermittent leave has its own complications because you have to track it. Um, employees could have multiple intermittent leaves at the same time. So they could have a leave for themselves. They could have a leave that they're caring for a child. And then they could maybe have another leave that they have to care for somebody like uh, you know, a spouse or maybe two children at one time. And you want to have to, you have to track all of those really carefully that when an employee is calling in or they're calling out, they're not going to be at work, that you're saying, okay, which of your FMLA conditions is it? So intermittent leave, it gets really complicated. That's where it's always good to call us to, to kind of make sure you're managing that um, the best way you can. And documentation is really critical. The tracking is important. And then you know, being able to identify if there's potential abuse of FMLA, right? So legally, they're eligible for the 12 weeks, but you want to make sure that they're not abusing it. And there's ways that we can help employers really come up with a strategy to ensure that they're not, that they're managing their employees and then the employees aren't taking advantage of that, but still working within the law. Um, So we can, you know, certainly help them if they're, you know, if they feel like employees are abusing FMLA, then we can ask some of those questions to really figure that out. Um, and then look at recertification. That would be a way that you could combat mm-hmm. if you think an employee is abusing it and there's been a pattern of overuse, right? Mm-hmm. So if, for an example, that employee with the migraine headaches, they're now out five times a month and they're out for multiple days and the doctor said only one to two, that might be something where if that's happened over a few months period of time, you're going to go back to the employee and say, hey, let's go to your doctor and get recertification paperwork so that they know that you're monitoring it and you're watching it and that you're trying to make sure that um, everything gets tracked appropriately. Mm-hmm. So that's another that's another really um, complicated area and one that we get a lot of questions on because intermittent leave can be really confusing or overwhelming at times. Yeah, well, those are all great points and really good advice. So thank you for that. Yeah, and I want to thank you for being on the show today and really sharing your knowledge and expertise on this topic. Um, it's a very popular one on the hotline. Absolutely. So Amy deals with this every day. Yes, we all do on the hotline and we're happy to help with our members and um, answer any question, you know, big or small. Well, yeah, definitely. they're here for you. Yes. But if you did like our chat and topic today, um, make sure you share this episode, like it, leave a comment or review and consider joining MRA if you aren't a member already. We have all the resources you need in the show notes below. So make sure you take a look at those. We do have Amy's contact information and her LinkedIn profile in the show notes too. So if you want to get in touch with her or 
Talk FMLA, the hotline team is there for you too. Otherwise, thank you so much for tuning in today. And thank you, Amy, for all the great info. And we will see you next week. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.